Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sportsman. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning. Happy Thursday, everybody. How are you all doing as we roll to the end of another week? Good night in sports for Phoenix yesterday. The sun's coming up big. The sun devil's coming back in New York or Brooklyn, which is New York, but, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah. No, uh-huh. It's, exactly. Yeah, I was it's thinking a borough. About it this way. It, it's, it's, it's a borough. I was thinking about it this way. Uh-huh. In the span of four days... Are sometimes more maligned, one more maligned than others. But our maligned teams have both defeated yeah. the defending champions of their respective Oh, sports. yeah. How about that? Yeah. How about that? The dismissive way in which the Suns handled the Warriors last night was very fun, very gratifying. That basketball team is obviously struggling, but just to kind of treat them dismissively is very enjoyable. Yeah. Very enjoyable in because... This- I was wondering about it at last year, midway through the season, you wondered psychologically what was happening between the two. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did the Warriors have an edge? All that kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's great. That's a, I, I, can, I can bathe in that vibe, Vinny. Yeah, I mean, the Warriors have definitely um, graduated to the status of one of those teams that, you know, if you're a Suns fan, you just enjoy watching them lose. Even if it's not to the Suns, you just enjoy well, watching them lose. Well, you know, if, if you went to ESPN.com today, there's a, there's a video, there's a video from the basketball game last night, of which the Suns won, by the way. I might want to point that out. Of which the Suns won very handily, yeah. and it's two minutes and 11 seconds of Steph Curry. Now, I get it. Steph Curry dropped 50-plus, and when, when Steph Curry is one of the most popular players to watch. He's a visual feast for bat he's great for ratings is what I'm trying to say yeah. so I get it but it's funny because everything about that game and I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna sound like Joe Homer oh woe is us I, in Phoenix Arizona but everything is being treated through the lens of our the Warriors struggling I, I, so bad I noticed the same thing this mm-hmm. morning NBA.com first story on their yeah. their main page Curry pours in 50 on 17 of 28 shooting yeah Curry's 50 point gem can't stop Warriors road woes they don't even mention the Suns ESPN.com right. I know uh, Curry's 11th 50-point game isn't enough for Warriors. Yeah, it's everything Warriors is being... Warriors lacking grit <laughs> waste Curry's 50-point gem. Uh-huh. Everything is being viewed through the lens and the prism and the filter of the Golden State Warriors, which is kind of funny. Now, we they are the, say... I, they're the well, they, of course they, they are, are, and they're a very popular team, and they've got... They're a, a hugely cross-cultural popular team. So I'm not saying I don't get it. I'm just saying that it's it's it's... 
fairly obvious. I just want to ver- or, uh, you know back this up because I did go on record and say I'm not going to get caught up in that national no. disrespect thing with the Suns. We're just pointing out facts. Yeah, these were facts. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying it's di- exactly. Yeah. I'm not saying it's disrespect. It's just it just is. It's right? ultimate respect to the champs is what it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, fair and start the program. Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Animal. Animal coming. Animal coming. The Splash. Brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Yeah, Cardinals is five days away from their Week 11 showdown with the San Francisco 49ers in Mexico City on Monday night. For the first time in a long time, there was good news from the injury front. Wide receiver Marquise Hollywood Brown designated for return from injured reserve. Brown can begin practicing and can be elevated to the 53-man roster anytime during the next 21 days, meaning he could play Monday night. Sounded like he wants to play on Monday night. Brown has 43 catches for 485 yards, three touchdowns in six games before he got hurt in Week 6 against Seattle. Elsewhere, head coach Cliff Kingsbury said quarterback uh, Kyler Murray is day-to-day with his hamstring injury, and Colt McCoy is still, quote, a little banged up with his knee issue, and he's hoping one of them can play against the 49ers. Man, that went exactly as we thought it would. Exactly. (laughs) It really did. It really, really did. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating because for anybody who watched Hard Knocks last night, you came away from the the way that show was framed, you came away with the viewpoint that this team has to start Colt McCoy. Mm -hmm. That's how... That's how... That's how gooey that thing was framed. Our folk hero, Colt McCoy? Exactly. Exactly. Giving the team a little pep talk at the end on the way out... Whoa! About turning it around. How do you t- how turn it around? How do you take the football away from that guy, huh? <laughs> Kingsbury also confirms uh, tight end Zach Ertz is out for the year with a knee injury, and that Eno Benjamin's release was best for the organization. Finally, uh, Byron Murphy and tackle DJ Humphreys were not uh, neither one of them on the field for Wednesday's walkthrough session. Uh, we got a lot of Cardinals talk to get into today, including thoughts on episode two of Hard Knocks. Week eleven in the NFL gets underway this evening in. Green Bay. Packers hosting the Tennessee Titans at Lambeau Field. Kickoff 615. You can see it on Prime Video. Packers offensive lineman uh, David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, uh, both questionable for tonight's game for Tennessee. Bud Dupree and Amani Hooker are both out. Uh, the Phoenix Suns had one of those nights against Golden State. You know, one of those nights where the three-point shot is falling for basically everybody. Uh, the Suns hit 21 of 40 from behind the arc, withstood a tremendous offensive performance from Steph Curry. Notice that wasn't the first First thing I mentioned in a 130 to 119 win over the Golden State Warriors at Footprint Center. Only the tenth time in team history the Suns have canned 20 or more from deep at over 50 percent for a game. They're 10 and 0 in those games. Wow. Yeah. Cameron Payne, uh, career high 29 points. Booker, uh, Devin Booker, 27 with nine assists. Mikel Bridges almost had the triple double with 23, nine and nine. Suns now nine and five, seven and one at home, two and zero oh against the uh, Warriors. The uh, Dubs have not experienced a dub on the road this season, 0-8 away from San Francisco. Very gratifying game to watch. A very gratifying game, I'm sure, to attend. Uh, The turquoise uniforms took a little getting used to. I had to keep reminding myself watching the game that the team in black and gold wasn't the Suns. It was was just visually jarring at first. I was joking around with a buddy of mine. Uh, It was like, imagine people who just don't follow the whole uniform news thing, but are NBA fans, and they tuned into that game, and they're probably thinking, who are these two teams? Oh, you mean like... (laughs) My mother, who texted me last night, quote, 
We are blue? Question mark. Since when? Question mark. Yeah. And then I got we a very are, similar text last night. And then we are not blue. <laughs> we are not blue. And then she said, "Never mind." I looked it up. That's funny. Suns hit the road for their next game Friday night. They will get their first look at the surprising Utah Jazz in Salt Lake City. Then it's home at Footprint Center for four in a row starting Sunday afternoon against the Knicks. ASU Hoops scratched out a 63-59 win over VCU in the first game of the Legends Classic at Barclays Center in Brooklyn. VCU led by 11 with under nine minutes to go after a three-pointer by David Schreiber. That would be the last basket they would score for the game as ASU closed the game on a 22-7 run to win it. Frankie Collins had 15. DJ Horn had 12. Devils will close out their stay in Brooklyn with a championship game tonight against 20th-ranked Michigan. They defeated Pittsburgh by 31 last night in the other game. Yeah, that was a good comeback for ASU. Uh, about halftime of that game, people were wondering exactly what was the matter with that basketball team. But it was a nice comeback, and, and this is a nice little moment for them coming yeah. up. Tonight's game gets underway at 7. Pre-game coverage starts at 6.30 on the Arizona Sports app in 98.7. Uh, Arizona Wildcats also in action this evening as well, taking on the Utah Tech Trailblazers. That's a real thing. Used to be Dixie State, now Utah mm. Tech. Uh, that game's in Tucson at 7 o'clock. Coyotes road trip continues tonight in Vegas against the Golden Knights at T-Mobile Arena. Yotes are 3-2 and two so far on their 14-game road journey. The Knights off to a great start. They're 13-4, 26 points tied for the second most in the entire league. Tonight's tilt starts at 8. Pre-game coverage starts at 7.30 on the Arizona Sports app. Uh, and... Uh, now I'm now I'm confused on what's on what. I got to look what? that back up. Coyotes are six twenty. Coyotes are yes. ASU ninety eight seven. Thank you, sir. I got you. And then <laughs> got my back. Got Gazelle. you. Mm. Appreciate you. Uh, Miami Marlins right-hander Sandy Alcantara named the National League Cy Young Award winner for 2022. Unanimous vote. He posted a 228 ERA, led the league in 228 and two-thirds innings. He had six complete games by himself this yeah, year. How about that? There was only 36 on all get, of Major League Baseball. You should get the Cy Young just for that. Yeah. Uh, first Marlin ever to win the award. He beat out uh, Max Fried from Atlanta, Julio Urias of the Dodgers, and then Aaron Nola of Philadelphia was fourth. Zach Gallon of the Diamondbacks finished fifth in the balloting. Second time in the last three seasons he's been top ten in Cy Young voting. And Justin Verlander continued his charmed life. Uh, How about it? <laughs> he won the American League Cy Young Award. Also a unanimous choice. He beat out Dylan Cease of the White Sox and Toronto's Alec Manoa. Verlander wins the award for the third time in his career. And man, I, I know in baseball circles this is huge. I don't know if it's branched out elsewhere in the sports world. What a comeback season for Justin How about Verlander. it? Yeah. I mean, Age 39? Yeah. Yeah. Wins the World Series. Mm-hmm. Gets a World Series win. Wins the Cy Young. Stops for free agency. Yeah. It, it's amazing to me how some pitchers are just blessed with magical durability. Yeah. You know? And some... And the first time that that was really challenged for him in his career, late, you know, in his late 30s, he just bounces back like Bounced nothing. right back. The guy's a stud, man. Yeah. Uh, there you go. There's your splash for Thursday, November 17th. Coming up next, the Cardinals. Are they indeed getting a little healthier? We'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings. Live from the Achin Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. I'm hoping at least one of them. Yeah, I think... Uh... 
we should be able to get to that point hopefully by later in the week. That is Cliff Kingsbury yesterday talking about the quarterback position again, hoping that either one of Kyler Murray or Colt McCoy will yeah. be ready to go. Yep. But also following it up with, we think we'll be able to get to that. It's point. it's really a fascinating uh, dynamic that's going on here because publicly, locally, it seems like there's a lot of appetite for Cardinal fans to run this back with Colt McCoy because the offense was finally bearable to watch. And again, it just speaks to how low our standards have fallen collectively watching an offense that was just so bad in terms of operational things and, and getting plays in and out of the huddle and burning time. Timeouts and play clocks always about to expire, and, and and just the anxiety of watching an offense, wondering if they're going to get the snap off on time, and, and and all of that wasn't a part of our viewing experience last week. And I think it's really led people to go, okay, can we just get more of that? Can we get more calm, competence, competent football? Uh-huh. And, and and so I, I think there's really kind of that vibe going there for Colt McCoy. And I thought to myself on the flip side, say we were stuck with a really bad back up quarterback here, but was an option that wasn't good. How would we be looking at a quarterback who once again is having a hard time getting back on the football field in November? It's it's kind of been part of the experience, yeah. hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and and I wonder, I wonder. Instead of people are almost like it, almost feels like people are, are cool if if Kyler Murray can't go because that just clears the runway for Colt McCoy. Go. I do wonder though if calm, competent football is good enough to beat of the 49ers. Co- that's of course that's the big question. That's the million the dollar spi- question. Because the ceiling that Kyler Murray has is what you might need that's this week. Exactly. There's a reason why Colt McCoy, with all due respect, is eleven and twenty-three as a starting quarterback. Uh, a lot of that has to do he played well, on a lot of, of lousy football did. teams. And and he's got a lot of experience with him now that is that he's drawing on that 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 are that's helping him succeed. I really don't want to throw shade on him because he was really he's been terrific with the exception of one game. So, but what I'm saying, I, there's a lot of validity to what what Jared is saying, and that is, you know, it's not so much careful what you wish for, but the bottom line here is Kyler Murray has got the big contract. Kyler Murray's got the huge ceiling, and if if we've got an offense that better suits Colt McCoy. The unfortunate answer is we can't switch quarterbacks on a long-term basis because Colt McCoy is better for the offense. The long-term solution is you've got to change the offense to suit Kyler Murray. That's that's the big aha. It is, but we're also talking about this in year four. I know. If your offense right now is better suited for Colt McCoy... What the hell are you doing? Well, it, thank you. What? What exactly? So, so I think this is really going to be fascinating because if if Hollywood Brown, who is returned and cleared for practice, if he really can mm-hmm. take the field and bring some speed, um, that's interesting. Now you've got a couple of really uh, high end skill players coming at that 49ers defense, which is. About as good as it gets in the NFL. So this is really a great test for everything the Cardinals have. And you wonder if the dink and dunk approach, get the ball out quick, if that is good enough to beat the 49ers. Even with the addition of Hollywood Brown and maybe maybe the return of Max Williams, which I think might settle down that position a little bit. I think... You know, it might be a great opportunity for Trey McBride to, to be forced into action and, and, and to know he's going to get a big, chunky amount of snaps. So so the mental errors he does commit are going to be negated by some good plays 
if he gets that sizable, mm-hmm. you know, chunk of playing time, I don't know, Vinny. It's this. There's a lot of reasons why this game fascinates me. And and when you got a quarterback situation like this, where you've got what appears to be the makings of a quarterback controversy, and then you get people also who are saying there's no quarterback controversy here. It's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyler Murray did speak to the media yesterday and said this about his physical condition. I feel good. You know, I, I don't know percentages or anything like that, but. Um, Definitely, you know, I feel a lot better. Now, uh, Cliff Kingsbury did say, hey, Kyler says he's ready. That's not enough. No. Um, I mean, ultimately, i got to be smart with, you know, where we're at and to making sure that he is 100% and can play his style of play, particularly, like I said, against I mean, the top defense in the league right now. We want to be smart and put him in a position to be successful. So, very interesting the way the Cardinals have been framing this. It, it very much sounds like we are going to decide when we think you are ready to play. Mm-hmm. So it's not we are benching you, but it's just basically we're going to play the other guy because we're not going to let you risk it. Kyler Murray has never been one to really push it on an injury. He's not one of those guys that you have to protect from themselves. He's not a Tua. He's not a Matthew Stafford. He's not a Jalen Hurts kind of guy. So he's he's the kind Josh of guy that, Allen. yeah oh yeah even bakes yeah and to to his yeah to his probably to his, his detriment yeah to his sure. detriment so this is this is all interesting if if you listen to the way the Cardinals are framing it they it sounds like they're gonna frame this Kyler just set this one out we're gonna make we're gonna slow roll you back we're, we got to have you ready for the end of the season man we got to have you a hundred percent and they're gonna probably trot this Colt McCoy thing back which, again it would seem again, to me which again is weird because if that's the stand. We got to have you for the for the stretch run. If they lose on Sunday, there really is no is stretch, stretch run. run. Right. If yeah. they lose with Colt McCoy playing when Kyla Murray could, could have, have played, played uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. that's all a whole new bag of questions. Yeah. But and, also, yeah. Yeah, yeah, on the top of all of this, we have to acknowledge the Cardinals as an organization, and they're not alone in this. They hate giving any clear information on anything. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? No, you're right. So there's always this air of mis- Ooh, what are we going to do? Huh? You'll find out. Uh, we hope that one of them can play. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was other good news on the injury front. Cliff Kingsbury sharing about Hollywood Brown. There's a chance. You know, we just walked through today, so we want to see him out there tomorrow and see what he uh, he looks like. But he's definitely come a long way in a short time, and so I'm, I'm hoping we can get something out of him. But I, I don't know until I see him running around full speed with pads on tomorrow. All right, so let's say Hollywood Brown plays for the first time this season. You get your, and it's a bummer that Zach Ertz is out. And I, I, I'm kind of kicking myself for even saying it on the air a few weeks ago. We're never going to see this receiving core together as a whole. We won't. It just won't happen. But if you have DeAndre Hopkins, Hollywood Brown, Rondale Moore, who's been productive as of late, a resurgent AJ Green, Greg Dortch, and what a, a dork! At some point, Robbie Anderson's going to get involved. Ooh, this is the closest they've had to a full complement of wide receivers all year. If we see again five yards per attempt in the San Francisco game, you have to wonder what is structurally wrong with the offense. That's just one thing to watch out for, regardless of who's yeah. playing quarterback. Yeah. Well, yeah. And again, it's it it sounds good adding those two guys together, but I okay, will they know how to kind of coexist and 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 because they 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 haven't had that game yet. No. So yeah, this is uh, making this whole thing work, challenging this defense or challenging this this Forty ers defense. Can the Cardinals defense kind of Put down that game that allows the offense to to be to to not have to f- flourish. You know, will the defense give the offense time to win the game? 
It's fascinating. Yep. Uh, we'll have a lot more on Cardinals 49ers uh, today, the rest of the week, and even on Monday, previewing the Monday night game. Innings Festival is back, the two-day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, The Offspring, and many more returns to Tempe Beach Park on February 25th and 26th. Tickets just went on sale, and you can head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win tickets. Coming up next... Those guys in turquoise looked pretty good on a couple of fronts last night. We'll get into the Suns' win over the Warriors next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings on this Thursday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Six seconds. Four seconds. This one is over. And the Suns win it. The final score, the Suns 130, the Golden State Warriors 119. That was the final call. Al McCoy, the Hall of Famer, last night on the Suns Radio Network. A good night for the Phoenix Suns where it was one of those games, Bick, where the Suns were pretty much in control from about midway to late first quarter throughout. Mm -hmm. But because of the presence and performance of one guy on the other team, there was always that uneasy feeling because the Suns couldn't quite shake them. I think they got up by as many as 16 points, but that's a credit to Steph Curry and what he was able to do. You want to talk about one guy carrying a team, it was him last night. As opposed to the Suns, who they're starting five. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a performance by their starting yeah. five last night. Some good performances off the bench, too. Um, we talked about it. Be- that being, uh, you know, with coming off a one and three road trip. A little, maybe a little bit of doubt creeping into what the Suns' makeup actually was. You got the champs coming in, a, a team that you had blown out the first time, uh, and it was a, you know there was electricity in the air for other reasons last night at Footprint Center. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a really, really impressive performance. Yeah, I thought, by no, the this is uh, this is another one of those games when the offense seemed to function at a at a better level. Dare I say it? Without Chris Paul. Now I'm not trying to stir anything up, but when campaign is as good as he was last. Last night, and the offense moves with that kind of pace. Uh, that that was quite a sturdy wind to lay that on Golden State without Chris Paul. Perceptually, that's very very important. Now this is this is a regular season game in November against a team that is really struggling right now. A team that's zero and eight on the road. A team that's the defending champion, and their head coach just called them out for being collectively soft, and they are. Uh-huh. They're collective. You can see it when you watch them. They are just not committed to one another. And and but but that's their problem. Problem. Shut up, Jarrett. That's their problem. Okay. From my standpoint, there are teams that you that you don't want to give psychological edges to in anticipation of future matchups down the road. And if the Warriors ever get it together, it's very enjoyable to see them handle that team the way they did. Because I've seen I've seen the Suns now handle the Warriors on a night when Steph didn't have really much of anything, and I've seen them. Handled the Warriors on a night when Steph had everything. Yeah, it's uh, it was very enjoyable. Very enjoyable. Devin Booker commented on that about you know the, a team being able to withstand a great individual performance. I mean, it, it's possible I've you know been on the other end of it also. So I think that's why I play the way that I do. You know, in my in my younger years, I you know I had to force a lot of shots and it, it weighed on me throughout the season. You know, so now having a deep roster, even being down men, and still having guys to come in and play the right way and jump into a, 
opportunity that, you know, they really weren't expecting. You know, Josh Akogi came in, had a big block at the rim today. And just multiple plays, Jock coming in and playing big also. So, you know, it's, it's important to have a team. You know, I think that's the longevity of it. And I think that, you know, will get us through a season. Yeah, um, Book was fantastic last night. 27 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't really have a big night shooting threes. Only only made two of the 21 makes, but big number. Got to the line nine times. Suns got to the line 25 times. And I was kind of, I had a mental note in my head after what we saw the other night in Miami on Monday where mm-hmm. they shot four free throws. Would there be an overcorrection? I don't think that was the case. I think this was a more natural flow to a game. But the Suns shot their fifth free throw, surpassing their previous total. With five minutes to go in the first quarter. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, Devin Booker made it clear from the way he attacked the basket very early on that he was going to do everything he could to kind of make the refs come correct, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I went back and actually rewatched some of that game, and, and, and that, that was one of the fascinating things about the four free throws. There weren't a lot of moments in that game where you thought, man, they missed a foul, they missed a call. And so I think what I'm trying to say is that it, it's as equally um, a symptom of the way the sun t- of the Suns sometimes play, and they didn't let that happen last night. Mikhail Bridges got to the line last night, Campaign got to the line last night, Devin Booker made it a point to get to the line very quickly, very early in the game. Devin Booker has also been starting games with a lot of a lot of malice in a good way, uh-huh. a lot of aggression. He's the guy now that when you, your team needs a bucket, he wants to make the tough shot, and more often than not, he makes it. Now, this was another game, second meeting between these two teams. Suns have won both. Suns have scored 130 points or more in both of those games. But both of the games have been marked by a little bit of chippiness. Not so much last night as the first game when Clay Thompson lost his mind, but you know, there was technical fouls on both teams, and Book talked about that after the game. Yeah, we have a bunch of emotional guys and a bunch of competitors on this team, and you know, I'd probably say the same about about their team also. And I wouldn't say every team is like that, but you know, it is the NBA, and you know, guys are the best at what they do, and you know, you go out there and you want to want to show that, so. I think chippiness is a good thing if it's used correctly. Yeah, uh, Cameron Payne last night again continued his uh, stellar play after an off game the other night. Six three-pointers, 29 points, seven assists, only two turnovers. He had a blocked shot, uh, but he got this from his head coach, Monty Williams, that said it wasn't all great. Can't can score the ball. Um, you know, he had seven assists to go with it. Um, but in, in closing moments... He has to be better. You know, we don't need to have all that silliness at the end of games. You know, when you think about his game, he played so well tonight, and then we got to finish it the right way. And with Chris out, those are the things that we're looking for from, from Cam. That's managing the game. And so, yeah, it's great tonight from a scoring perspective, but we also have to cap it off with finishing the right way. I love that point by Monty. That was that was a frustration I had, too. I thought it was pretty bogus that, that campaign got called for a flagrant foul late going for a block shot on Clay Thompson. Now, he did wind up, he did swing, but he hit him in the arm. 
A flagrant foul can be on the okay. arm now, right? And then there was a, a weird foul when, but basically both teams are playing out, playing out the clock. There was another weird foul with campaign going for a steal. He definitely had a chip on his shoulder last night. But Monty pointing that out, I think, will pay dividends well, later on. Well, I think coming out of the Miami Heat game, one of my takeaways was that that end game, those last couple of minutes, that was a game where you, for the first time in a while, uh-huh. you said, "Oh man, you need the Chris Paul needs to be out there." And, and last night, this is the exam. This is what Monty is talking about that. Campaign Campaign can play with his hair on fire for 43 minutes of that game, but you get inside five, you've got to be so buttoned up, and you've got to direct and organize and calm and cool. The word, Using the word silliness, I yeah. thought was really interesting. That's it's a, a perfect real, way to describe it. It kind I, of I is. I definitely had that thought watching it. It kind of is. Part of me was like, come on, i got to get to bed. Enough with these fouls. <laughs> Let's go. I got gotcha. you. Okay, let's see. It's uh-huh. all about me. Uh-huh. It's all about uh-huh. serving. I go. felt for you last night. <laughs> <laughs> that that was a brutal schedule with yeah, that at Hard Knocks. But we'll get into it, too. And I think part of that silliness uh, was that Clay Thompson was still on the floor in garbage time for the Warriors. And I think that was kind of a ploy by Steve Kerr to try to get Clay Thompson. He's not right. He's not shooting the ball well. He's out of sync. He's showing a lot of frustration on the court. And I think maybe the Warriors thought when they cleared their bench, he stayed in. And he did pad his stats a little bit, but his shooting percentage still six of seventeen over his last ten games. He's been awful. Yeah, they got some issues. We'll get into that a little little later on too. But uh, very very sturdy win for the Suns last night. They get their ninth win of the year. Uh, get their first look at the Utah Jazz on Friday. And this then, is going to be interesting. Yeah. yeah, Utah's starting to come down to earth a little yeah. bit, but they've maybe been the the most overachieving team right. so far. Yeah, every the, the vibe, everything about the vibe that's missing in Golden State. Utah's got it. Portland's got it now, and, and, and it makes a difference early mm-hmm. in the season. Yep. Yeah. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, we also got a look at Hard Knocks Episode 2, Arizona Cardinals, some of the takeaways, especially at the quarterback position. We'll get into those next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. I don't want to go into this game if anybody has confusion on what they're supposed to do. If we don't know what to do, and if it's not detailed and dialed in, then we're not going to beat this team. If we know what to do, and if the spacing's right, you do what you, you do your job, we'll beat this team. That's the, that's the, we'll beat anybody. That's the bottom line. So when we talk about, like, what can we do, it's just the, it's these little details that are just adding up. Hold up, wide out. And it's not one position group. You be in the place you're supposed to be, you get the ball. Like, when you're ready to pull the trigger, most of the time somebody's open. Silent one. We're better across the board on all this stuff. Hey, oh! Yeah, wait for me, man. Wait for me. I mean, like, little things. Hey. It's the details of it. That is Colt McCoy from Episode 2 of Hard Knocks, which premiered last night on HBO. Um, And, you know, it was Colt McCoy week. And within the walls of the Cardinals organization... Now we know that they had a feeling that Colt McCoy was going to play all week. But that is the the one scene that really stood out to me. Yeah. Is in the quarterback meetings room, Colt McCoy really stressing to the coaches about the communication and people not, you know, we can't have people not knowing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Which, hey, you're going into week 10 at that point. Mm-hmm. That might be an issue. But also, 
and maybe this is unfair because of the way it was televised, but I had this thought, Bick. Why is it the backup quarterback who is the one stressing the little things, the details? Yeah, yeah. Kyler was in the room. The duties. Yeah. And did they edit Kyler's comments out? Uh, maybe, because he didn't say anything. But Colt mm-hmm. McCoy came off as the veteran starting quarterback that was displeased with the way things were going. Maybe he finally got a chance to speak up because he knew he was going to play. Yeah. It was weird. Do you remember during the offseason when, when I mentioned that it seemed like a lot of people... Um, in and around the Cardinals were sort of redirecting the blame. Like, Kyler Murray was the scapegoat for everything that happened in that playoff game. I'm starting to get that same vibe from this series. Now, we're only two episodes in, but I'm starting to get that vibe that it, even some of the the shots of Kyler Murray would just look at how is he reacting to the success this guy had. There were three scenes uh, relative to Colt McCoy that really had me really uh, uh, floored, actually. That one that you just played in the that you just referenced that uh-huh. was number one there was uh the scene when he's when colt mccoy's on the field and he's cooking a little bit yep. the defensive players on the sideline antonio hamilton talking to my j sanders and a couple of others and they're just raving about what he's seeing on the football field. that's why he's been in the league as long as he has yeah. we know where to put that hey, you over there talking to you who's to get and then they can buy That stood out to me too. And then finally, the the scene on the way out when Colt McCoy is holding up the football, they're telling he, he tells JJ Watt, "Let's turn this thing around." Then he's got a goodbye message to the team about everything. It was just it was really leadership personified. And again, mm-hmm. this is a television show. These are uh, scenes that are stacked on top of one another to drive a narrative, and you can't forget that because there were quite a few omissions yesterday that really make you wonder um, exactly how deep the show is willing to get because we we. As a sports town, have not imagined all this dysfunction that preceded this television show. No, okay, and, and so you got to keep that in mind. You've got to you've got to understand that this is is a wonderful behind the scenes look at a football team. It's also so far a lot of propaganda. And so when you take a look, you got to remember all this stuff. But when you back up off of this and you look at at what was presented to people last night, y- y- you come to the realization that. Sure, maybe Steve Keim and Cliff Kingsbury and maybe even Michael Bidwell, they've got a decision to make, maybe a tough one about who's going to start for them. But if your team is reacting that way to the backup, you've got to serve your football team. And if that football team is clamoring for more of that, that's what you have to give them. Yeah, and going on that point, going back to the clip we played of Antonio Hamilton when they showed the defensive players on the on the sideline on the bench commenting on wow, he's, you know, he knows where to put it. That's why he's been in the league so long. It kind of came off again, we don't know how much footage ends up on the on the cutting room floor. A lot because these film crews film everything. Mm-hmm. But it didn't it kind of come off as like, wow, we're not used to seeing that from the quarterback position. That's the way I took it. Mm-hmm. Like without a doubt. Like this guy's on point. Without a doubt. It, it, exactly. But but there was also a lot of that. There was like before a successful you can tell they're 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 framing a lot of stuff to make Cliff look really good. There's before a couple of plays, he's he's being adamant, let's run this now, let's run the and then it works. 
and and it, that's not emblematic of of an entire football game, mm-hmm. right? As we well know. And, and yet, you know, this is after the fourth down call to Rondale Moore. They go into the box, and there's Steve Kime with Michael Bidwill. And Steve Kime's comment is, "Man, you got to have a pair to yeah, make that that's call." That's a ballsy call. That's a ballsy call right there. So y- y- if you stepped away from that, you think you might have Bill Belichick here. But again, th- th- they're creating a television show, and yes. but and you but you also can't get away from the fact that Cliff Kingsbury is obviously much more comfortable calling a football game with Colt McCoy. Just their just their interaction. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, they basically did a body slam into each other at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. You, you know, though, if they had lost that game, the entire episode would have been edited in a different way yes. to tell a different narrative and tell a different story. Yes. Um, like, you have to remember it. It's a TV show. Yeah. There's a lot of creative editing that goes on. And let me get your thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. We had seen the J.J. Watt, Rondale Moore practice exchange oh, yeah. weeks and weeks ago about yeah. you know J.J. Watt kind of joking with him. Uh, you know, he dropped the ball in practice and he was being hard on himself. Forget about it. They presented like that happened the week of the game, which you know it didn't. It, it, they're wearing their black helmets in practice, mm-hmm. which they're going to wear those in, in practice when they're going to play in them on Sunday. Right. They're wearing white helmets. And they kind of presented it as, oh, yeah, well, we got this footage in our back pocket, but let, let's use it to kind of kind of paint that narrative. They presented it as if this leadership and counsel that J.J. Watt imparted on Rondale Moore led to that fourth down reception. Yes. That's kind of what they put together for you as the viewer, and that's not necessarily the case. But I will say this. Um, in watching the way J.J. Watt was treated, and J.J. Watt's having a very good season, and watching the way Buda Baker uh, has been featured in this, you come to the realization that, th- that that really is the secret sauce in this defense and why they have stayed together. It's the leadership of those two guys. When you get guys who are that committed to playing football the right way, regardless of, of circumstance or crises or, or that, it, then you've got a great foundation and and that kind of jumped out at me last night because they went out of their way to feature how Buda Baker did everything he could could to come back from this high ankle sprain that a lot of people didn't think he would be able to do and then JJ Watt with heart issue that he had to take anesthesia and and get his heart jarred back into rhythm yeah and and it, and together it, it made for a powerful reminder that the level of leadership those two guys give through their actions. <laughs> Is what's pushing this defense. You're right. Um, I would have loved to have seen more on Buddha. Maybe they didn't do that because they featured him so much. Maybe they figured he's not going to play. We're not going to tail him with a camera. Um, because that that obviously came as a surprise to everybody, and especially when there was footage of Buddha walking out on on the practice field, and I think it was Antonio Hamilton going, "Oh, he's back!" Nobody yes. expected him to play. Yeah, I, think hey. I think it was like, "Hey, yeah. right?" Because hey. in in the uh, the show, it was like he's not going to play. Yeah, he's going to play. Yeah, there was no like, yeah, how how did he come back so quickly, and yeah. what did that mean for the, the team? Um, he just reappeared. Yeah. To me, though, to me, to, to me, the real star of the show last night, uh, aside from Colt McCoy, was my guy Beach, Kelvin Beachum. <laughs> I thought Kel- so too. Kelvin freaking Beachum, love that guy. Kelvin Popcorn Beachum. Oh the my goodness, destroying a. Ba- how relatable is that? that, oh, that white Dude sitting there so with good. a big ass bag of popcorn and just. Nom, I mean. Nom. Jared, I know. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing when they put up that Photoshop of the X-ray <laughs> yeah. with the, the, the eating the popcorn. popcorn, and then they pan back to him, and he's got a huge ass bag of popcorn just right there. The that eating the popcorn art. was relatable. The going to the emergency room 
room because you think you have appendicitis <laughs> because you've eaten so much popcorn. That's a new one. That's a new one. Yeah. Even the on-field stuff oh, and with then, Beach oh, and giving it to Leonard Floyd. Get, oh. What just happened? What just happened? <laughs> oh, then you saw, oh. see, Kelvin Beecham is a great dude. He's a very intelligent dude. He's really into community service. He is a sweetheart of a guy. I've got nothing but mad respect for this guy. But then you saw the athlete in him and the competitor in the last that. night. Just getting all up inside Leonard Floyd. It was fabulous. And I, I will say this, too. Yeah. We know this, but, man, it was pointed out again last night. J.J. Watt likes to stir it up with his teammates. When Zayvon Collins is given the speech and he's like, I missed that speech. Can you repeat it? <laughs> and then later on after he gets the sack, got the your, your speech was the reason for that sack. <laughs> Just in and, a heat of know, battle. That's and, so great. And I thought Sean Coogler came off really well. He he looked like the exactly the kind of position coach you would want to play for. Yes. That you would go through a wall for. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, well, it's, we, it, we haven't mentioned the Enofent in the room. That, that did <laughs> We're going to get show. into it. No, well, listen. Again, this is this is why to me that more than anything you've got to realize that that this this is a foot uh, is a television program because Eno Benjamin is, is was so central to this team for so long and for something to happen where the Cardinals had to kick him to the street immediately you can't ignore that. No, you that can't. might be the narrative and the storyline for the maybe. next episode. Maybe starting with like what happened in the game and then going on, but who knows? Yeah, right. But I it's, think next week's gonna be all yeah. about going to Mexico City, but we'll see. Yeah, no, if, if they just gloss over this, then that means the Cardinals have probably too much editorial control. Probably. Uh, coming up next, big win for the Suns. They withstand an all-time performance from a future Hall of Famer. We'll get into it next. It's Pickley and Murata mornings on this Thursday on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.